Live from New York, it's unfortunately us. Dude, what? It feels like I was at the Studio 54. Oh my god. Uh, Is it done? Yeah, it's done. It's done. Ah, if my finger goes down, that means it's done. Oh, no, no, I know that. I was just talking with you. Okay, I'm just making sure. Um, I think Chase is just upset still with me that I would edit out his comments every time he interrupted the song. <laughs> Anyhow, guys, welcome to the 54 Podcast. I know I already said that, but I'm going to reiterate myself because that's what I do. Um, today we have me and Laz, and that's it at the moment. Chase is uh, uh, unavailable at the moment, um, and so is Wilson and Patrick. So uh, it's just me and my trusty... Second mic is what I like. Second mic. Am I the, am I the Jamie to your Rogan? Well, is Jamie even the second mic? Uh, yeah. <laughs> is he the second mic? Well, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I would assume yeah, so, I, right? Or is I, I guess so. Because like on you could say that on Joey Diaz's podcast, Lee would be the second mic because he actually does participate. Oh in yeah. That. You know he yeah. gets fucked up with them. Um, dude, I love Lee Syatt. Just a just a quick uh, side piece there. I feel like Lee is the most pure man ever created, and he's probably going to be the first human being to die of a weed overdose, uh, <laughs> all because of Joey. So, oh man, it's like the, how way, did, the way Joey Diaz abuses that man. I know, right? It's like how did Lee die? He's like he OD'd on THC. Apparently, yeah. there is too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's today's topic, Joe? Uh, fucking anything, really. Uh, we have, I, the, literally the only thing I have written on my whiteboard right now is, uh, uncut gems. So, you know. Well, I, I, to be honest, I think <laughs> we should talk about the, uh, the protests that you actually just got back from. Yes, 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 yes. That, that is true. Um, so yeah, I attended a, um, a protest today in Union City. I had yeah. Wilson, who has been on the podcast before, I had him drop me off. Uh, for those who don't know, Wilson has cystic fibrosis, which is a pulmonary disease. So just to avoid risk, he didn't participate in the protest. He just dropped me off. Um, and uh, uh, we basically, the protest took place in Union City, New Jersey, and in North Bergen as well. Uh, and essentially it started up at one of the major parks uh, of North Bergen, uh, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Just for people that watch the Joey Diaz podcast, Joey Diaz is actually from uh, North Bergen. Um, so we... Um, they marched down from 80th Street all the way down to 32nd Street. I joined the uh, protest around 43rd Street, and then I made my way down with them. Um, I took photos of all the events. Uh, Laz has already seen them, so you yeah, know, they were actually they were really great. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it's also hard to just focus and take photos that you know are going to look good. Uh, while you're also, you know, kind of emotionally invested in this event. Um, but it was it was really powerful. You know, I had never participated in anything like that. And uh, it's, it's humbling as well, because uh, you know that you're a part of history at that point. You know, I'm not trying to make these uh, protests equivalent to the historical significance of the civil rights movement, but uh, I'd like to think that the civil rights movement never really ended and is more of a continuation of that. Um... And so, you know, and I got to be a part of history. I got to um, be able to spread that message. 
um, through the art form that I adore. So you know, it was uh, it was quite an experience. I got a bunch of people got to talk and and say their uh, their thoughts to the, the giant crowd of people, um, and everybody was just kind of on the same page, on the same frequency, and having fun and in their own way, I guess, and also um, expressing solidarity to one another. Um, and was was there any kind of police presence there? Uh, yeah, there was a couple cops. Um, nobody was really being aggressive to them, I noticed. Um, and uh, they weren't really being aggressive either. They were actually um, safeguarding the, uh, the protest, uh, making sure that, you know, cars couldn't intercept the uh, protest at any point. Um, they, uh, they were <clears throat> usually just uh, patrol officers. Uh, they, most of them didn't really have their vehicles. They were just walking alongside the uh, protest. Some of them were in the actual protest walking with us. Uh, but not a, not a lot. There was like one or two that I could count off from where I was. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the street, um, uh, by the end of where the protest is supposed to end, um, there was a uh, there were uh, some motorcycle cops kind of guarding the end of that street as well. Uh, but there wasn't any any kind of altercation or situation with them or the protesters. It was relatively peaceful, I want to say. Yeah, that, uh, it's a real far cry from what's going on in New York, considering, um, you know, the way that police are responding there. You know, they, it seems like the NYPD is just really... Out of fucking control. <laughs> out of fucking control. Is yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, and it's, it's weird because, you know, we're literally right across the river from them, you know. We're right across the Hudson. For people that don't, you know, know the placement of the towns that we're referring to, Union City, North Bergen, the Hudson County area here in New Jersey is right across the Hudson River from uh, New York. So, you know, we're at a distance, basically, you know, 10 minutes, a 10 minute bus ride away from the heart of New York. So, um, you know, we're in close proximity, but there is a big difference between how the protests are being handled in these two different places. Um, Yeah. Um, Something Matthew just mentioned in the chat on YouTube Live, actually. Uh, and New Jersey has been relatively smart, you know, dealing with these protests compared to other states. It's been crazy looking on Twitter and just watching the, just the crazy shit that's coming out of these, the police response to these protests. And I'm, to be honest, I could not be more proud of, of my state for basically, you know, wising up and not responding to these lawful protests and these, this exercise of one of the most fundamental rights of an American um, with violence, mm-hmm. and, and no, I, and I, I agree. I mean, I feel like our state has been more tame about it and has been more intelligent with the way that, and more tactful as well with the way that they've been uh, organizing these events. Um, it's also nice to see the city governments, the you know, just our local government and the people that belong to them protesting with us. Um, in Union City, uh, Mayor uh, Mayor Brian P. Stack uh, walked with us. Not just in this protest, but in the other ones that have also been in the local area, he's been um, participating in them um, with uh, very minimal um, police entourage behind him. It's usually just him and like one other cop marching with the other uh, with the other protesters. So um, it's nice to see that you know they're also participating and volunteering in these events. Um, also, uh, Brian Stack has been extremely mindful and also very um very strategic with the whole covid response as well so you know he's um 
the Hudson Hudson County is pretty happy with Stack, I would say, at this very moment. You know, my opinion is just from what I'm seeing, but I'm sure there are people that have differing opinions, but from what I'm witnessing, a lot of people seem to have a good response to uh, the mayor here. Um, yes, it's been it's been crazy seeing, you know, the, the fact that these protests are going on um, amidst a pandemic just really shows the fact that this is something that Americans really hold close to their heart. Uh, the fact that they're going, willing to go out there and essentially risk their lives in order to speak out on an issue that has plagued America basically since its inception. Right. Um, you know, like you said before, the civil rights movement never ended. This is a continuation of it mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, um, it's still a subject that for some reason people think is political, which mm-hmm. I not. don't believe so. It, it's not. It, it's mm-hmm. essentially it's somebody else's life. There's no way that you can put any politics in another human being's life, yet there are still people out there who at least want to try to do so. And it, I, the only way to describe that behavior in my opinion, is it's disgusting. Well, it is. Uh, no, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's murder. It was murder in broad daylight. I mean, we're seeing police officers not care um, when they're doing these acts as well, these acts of aggression. And all that lets me know is that they, they're confident that they're going to walk scot-free out of these situations. I mean, I, I don't know the cop's name that killed George Floyd, but he was... Uh, Derek he, Chauvin. He clearly, yeah, exactly. He clearly knew he was being filmed. He knew what he was doing. You know, and it doesn't seem, it, it didn't seem like he had any, any kind of, uh, he didn't seem hesitant at all in, in what he was doing. And I feel like if you're a human being, your first, your first initial reaction when you were dealing with a confrontation is not to kill that person. That's the last thing on your mind. Um, and also, you know, you as a human being and most of us understand the consequences of doing something like that. So that's, you know, we would never attempt that, uh. But the issue is, but that, an officer, yeah, they can get away with it because you they, know. yeah, they don't face any consequences for doing so. Right. Or so, if they do, it ends up being something like being suspended for with it, you know, pay, or basically being fired, but then being able to move over a county and then join another police department. Right, and so you know, there has to be a sense of reform to police officers and just the way that it, the system works. I I don't um, I don't know what the answer to that is. I'm sure there might be an obvious one that I'm just missing. Well, I, um, I would say that one of the big things that's being proposed is defunding the police, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. I was actually looking into it, and the NYPD's budget is mm-hmm. around $6 billion a year. $6 billion with a B. Jesus Christ. And that's just in acknowledged funding. There's still a lot of smoke and mirrors and some red tape that prevents us from really seeing the, the true... Uh, scope of their budgeting. Yeah, but they're also and one of the largest. I'm not again. This isn't de- not in defense of them. I'm just more, merely curious. But they're also one of the largest police departments in the nation, aren't they? They are, but yeah, there's yeah. no reason that a police department should have facial recognition technology. Which mm-hmm. I know that they have a deal with Microsoft, wherein um, basically Microsoft has this program that you know does facial recognition technology, and then for every other police department that they license the software to. Mm-hmm. The NYPD actually receives twenty nine percent of that revenue. Okay, which it, there's no point for this. Right. And uh, for for another thing to to compare it, the the budget of the NYPD for every dollar that they receive, programs such as low income housing as well as community reform receive less than a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to actually fix the issues in these neighborhoods, the the answer is not increasing funding for policing. It's in fact to reform the community and to bring people out of poverty. 
I mean, do you think defunding the police is the only tactic that we really have, or do you think that there should be a reform to the way they're trained and and recruited, which is what well, I, think I think needs to be done? I think that there's a big issue with police accountability. There's this thing called qualified immunity, um, which the Supreme Court has ruled as legal, wherein officers cannot be held to liable for the to the full extent for their actions performed in their duties. That's why you don't see many officers being charged. Besides the fact that you know the people who are above them agree with their actions and support them, the whole thin blue line. You know, but doesn't police, it seem more logical to that police officers should face higher scrutiny for? Uh, a, they should. a crime because they are supposed to uphold the law therefore shouldn't they follow it more strictly given the no, they, yeah they should mm -hmm. they should without a doubt mm -hmm. um as a police officer you know they they say oh okay not all cops are bad mm -hmm. uh let me let me point out an issue with this argument so it's it, you can really re you can reduce it to simple math mm -hmm. so there are five police officers in a room four of them may be great family people and they try to do their job you know, they, they don't have any complaints of excessive force. Uh, one of them is a piece of shit. He's a Derek Chauvin who had 18 complaints levied at him with absolutely no real consequences. And, mm -hmm. but those four other officers are silent and they don't say anything and they don't intervene when they should. And mm -hmm. that leaves you with five bad cops. That's why you see the slogan, you know, ACAB, which means all cops are bastards. It's not directly attacking the individual police officers that you know. Uh, it's more attacking the, right. the institution itself. Mm -hmm. No, and I, I agree. The institution is fucked because I, and, you know, and I know officers that are that are good people personally, you know, um, but uh, I mean, and also I, I know that, or at least I've heard that, contractually speaking, they're not allowed to badmouth their own departments, which to me is kind of a that that's a shot at the First Amendment from the get-go. Um, if an office, if someone that's working for this institution can't badmouth it. That that's just you know, especially if it's a public institution, the way that the police is. Um, but uh, it it seems ridiculous that a vast majority of of uh, police officers can't or just won't say anything about the situations that are going on. Um, I feel that if there was a, a a kind of rallying cry from within the the police department, it would also help um, the movement along. But I just I don't think that's a realistic. But the thing is that there, there may not be a rallying cry from within the police department, but there mm -hmm. sure is from without, from out. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Which I think will definitely be able to create, that'll definitely be able to create some change and hopefully some reform. Um, but uh, I don't know how, how far away that really is. I don't know if that's something that's going to happen soon or if it's something that, you know, we're going to have to wait another 40 years to actually see something enacted. I hope not. I think people are well, being more vocal now than they were, you know, and they, well, we also have what, social media now and whatnot. From what you're seeing today, um, I know mm -hmm. that, for example, in Minneapolis, they're banning um, chokeholds, which it it's a start, but they banned chokeholds in New York in 1993, and that didn't help Eric Garner one bit. Yeah. Um, Whatever it, happened so to those officers, see, by the way, I never followed up on that. Uh, to my knowledge, they're still out there. They're still working on the force? I, to, to my knowledge. But I, I obviously cannot say that with any kind of concrete evidence. Mm -hmm. um, but what I do want to talk about is um, the response, at least amongst my friends. Um, it, it's, it's interesting to see that when you speak out on this issue and you try to be anti-racist, 
how your friends react. And it's very, been very interesting to see how some people have kind of cut contact with me or, um, and I've had, I've seen this from other friends as well, like who have mentioned it to me, where it's supposed to be this kind of um, controversial issue to basically say that Black Lives Matter. I don't understand where the controversy in, in that is yet. I have friends that are, you know, who say, oh, it's not my, it's not my place to speak. But in reality, silence is violence. And the people who do not say anything are actively contributing to the, to the racism. Yeah. I know, and I agree with that. And I think, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of people are also, like you mentioned um, before we, we started uh, streaming, you mentioned that some people are losing friends uh, as a result of this. Um, you know, we're losing, some people are losing family members as a result of this. Um, it's a, but it's, we can't be quiet about it. This is something that I, that people have to actively, uh, push forward and, and make, and make people aware that this is an ongoing issue in this country. A lot of people just kind of ignore it and put it to the back of their mind. And also, you know, the white population usually doesn't even face scrutiny from officers. So to them, they're like, oh, they're living in ignorance. They don't understand. Um, or they just don't want to understand. Uh, and we, people have to take responsibility into their own hands and, and start realizing that this is something that we have to uh, push forward. You know, people have to be aware of this. And Trump isn't helping either. You know, I don't know if you saw the whole photo op in front of the church. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, when he tear gassed. Yeah, tear gassed protesters so he could walk across the street. What the fuck? He tear gassed <laughs> right? protesters so that he could have a photo op at a church that he does not go to to hold up a Bible that he doesn't believe in. Right. And that just is disgusting to the point where even a former Secretary of Defense, Jim Mattis, actually called them called his behavior. Yeah, yeah. Dividing America. He, to sum it up, um, Jim Mattis, who is a the Secretary of Defense, of, uh, he, he was the former was. Secretary of yeah. Defense, and he he was a Marine for over fifty years, roughly. Um, you know, he's beloved in the military community, from what I've heard. Uh, he essentially said that Trump doesn't even try to unite his people, whereas. Uh, he doesn't even try to pretend to unite his people, whereas other people or other presidents, you know, they at least made the show of it. Even if they were dividing their, pre even if they were dividing the people, they at least tried to pretend. Whereas Trump just actively divides the people of America in order to suit his benefit and to suit the people around him. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Trump is also forcing, or is also uh, potentially going to declare military action here in the United States. Under no circumstances should you ever deploy the military on domestic territory, ever. Those the military is trained to kill and to do obviously you know more high stakes actions than just handle protesters on the streets. This is you should never. There shouldn't be any reason to deploy them, and Trump has been threatening to do exactly just that. That is horrendous. That is that is actually horrendous. The fact that he's he's even considering that. And that's um, actually something else that uh, Mattis touches upon. Yeah. The National Guard is only supposed to be called in by the governors of their respective states when they're required. Right. Um, you saw this in 1992 during the L.A. riots. Um, you, as a response to the hurricane to Hurricane Katrina, they were called mm -hmm. into Louisiana. Um, the mm -hmm. President of the United States should not be calling the National Guard into other states in order to take control in order to dominate the battle space who the fuck refers to american cities on american soil as a battle space yeah but it's not even the national guard right he's he's also calling in he's calling an actual you know army or, mil or marines onto the uh onto the uh 
on a domestic territory, as far as I know. Um, which there's no reason that they should be deployed into our city, into any U.S. city for any real reason. Like I said, we have the National Guard to deal with that, but Trump shouldn't be deploying them either. And, you know, we have SWAT units and police units that, you know, obviously that's the whole reason we're protesting, but we uh, we have more localized units for to deal with situations like this in a more uh, in a more controlled manner. But we shouldn't, mm -hmm. un under no circumstances should we actually send the military in. That's that's where I draw. No, that's not just where I draw the line. That's fucking ludicrous. The fact that Trump has done that, that he's even considering it. And I, you know, I heard that over in, in California by L.A. that people have been spotting uh, military transports uh, honing in on the city. Again, I, I don't have any any way to actually source that at the moment, but um, I've been seeing photos of, of transports heading towards uh, L.A. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's terrifying. Just knowing that something like that is is on the on the horizon, and the fact that Trump thinks it's okay. You know, the fact that he doesn't really... It's, he lives in, in this constant state of naivety. He doesn't understand what the fuck he's doing. And he doesn't listen to his cabinet. I mean, he's got, he's fired, you know, 80% of his cabinet since he started and has replaced most of them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's 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 a shit show. And he's not the president that, sh that should be in power during a movement like this. He's the entirely wrong person. Um... I mean, I don't like Biden as much either, but I feel like, you know, Biden is a bit more, would be a bit more, um... Not a bit more. A lot more. A Whatever lot you're going to say next with that statement, it's going to be a lot more. No, a lot more sympathetic, uh, obviously, yeah. But, you know, I just, I don't, uh... I don't know, man. I feel like the state of, uh, of our government, just even on a localized level, is in shambles. Um, and something's well, going to have to be changed. Something that's been heartening to see, actually, has been yeah. uh, New York City representatives and councilmen have actually come out in uh, support of the movement and have come out in support of defunding the police, which has been a great surprise. I know that the, the mayor of L.A. has also come out in support of defunding the police. Um, then again, this is also after he's been historically giving them budget increased. But, mm -hmm. you know, of course, it's it's good to see that at least some progress is it looks like some progress will be made. Right. As I, I understand that it's not positive that he's he's given those budget increases to his department, but the fact that he's at least, you know, doing this, whether it's honest or not, I mean, he's still doing it, so it's going to enact some kind of change. Uh, uh, I saw a know. tweet that said, when all 50 states are protesting the same issue, the government should realize that they are the problem here. Right. Um, I think that some representatives are realizing that, and they're starting to turn around and realize. I actually saw that earlier today. Um, the NFL actually came out and said that they were wrong to try to silence Kavanaugh. Or not Kavanaugh. Well, wrong, completely different Tom. Uh, Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and they would, But this was also in response to a video where you know some prominent NFL stars actually said you know they they basically called out the nfl for being racist and promoting that kind of ideology they banned kneeling during the national anthem when kaepernick spoke to a former special uh operations army soldier i, I don't know the correct term obviously mm -hmm. um but he spoke to him and asked what would be the most respectful way to show this sign of protest against police brutality and the veteran originally Kaepernick was going to just remain seated during the national anthem but the soldier said that the most respectful way to do it would be to actually kneel during the protest mm -hmm. uh, and he did so and then people came out against him and these same people are trying to say that the violent protesters are wrong when 
the violent protesters only have only become violent because of the fact that they haven't been listened to. Right, and, and I think, you know, people aren't realizing that. People are looking at these riots and going, how how could they? How could they fucking do that? And it's it's like, don't you realize that there were already peaceful protests, protests trying to get this message across from the get-go? The only reason this is happening at the moment is because nobody listened to them from the beginning. Um... And uh, so you know, it's just it. This is this is the way that things naturally progress as a result. Um, you know, I'm not mad at the protesters. I'm not mad at the rioters for doing what they do. Um, you know, I, I them trashing a target is not necessarily a you know, it's not even a big deal considering that those are that's a giant corporation. That's a multi-million dollar corporation. Yeah. The only thing Pop I'd be concerned about the only thing I would be concerned about in that regard is just the employees that work at those stores because you know they're essential workers during during this whole pandemic. So it's a little concerning just cuz I don't know if what their employment situation is going to be after this given that the store is probably going to be closed due to the yeah. fact. So, you know, um, that's my concern. I don't know if Target has reached out or said anything officially about it. To be honest, um, I, yeah. I I know you've worked at a Best Buy. Um, yeah. I've worked, you know, at, at uh, several retail locations. If uh, if somebody burned down my place of work for that, I for that cause, I would be in complete support of it. Like, yeah, no. Property can be replaced. Lives cannot. And right. Lives cannot right. I know, and I agree with that. I think it's fine to be in support of it. I just think you know those people. They. I just don't think that they should also be you know fucked even though they support it i don't think it's just a situation where you know they should be dumped into an unemployment situation as a result Mm -hmm. Uh, but then again Uh, i don't really know what's going on target might be you know uh helping them out financially during the situation but i wouldn't know possibly uh seto in the youtube live says are you guys going to show up to the protest near us um i don't i don't know where near us means but uh i i to be honest i would love to go to protests i live with my 83 year old grandmother so mm-hmm. going to protest is kind of a trade-off but i am planning on going to them um when i'm visiting in south jersey mm-hmm. so probably going to the philadelphia ones i went to i i said i just went to the um the ones here in union city in north Bergen. i posted some photos on instagram if you'd like to check them out they're also uh, on the 54 podcast so at yeah. the 54 podcast um, on instagram right yeah they're also on there they're on my facebook they're all over the place um but yeah no and i might attend another one um, if there's another one localized, I might go to New York as well. I, I really don't mind uh, putting myself in these in these places. I just, you know, I'm there to cover an event, take photos, and also just be there for the experience and, and spread the message as well. Um, so I wouldn't mind attending either one. Um, he also says there's going to be one in North Bergen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the the one today started in North Bergen, but I guess there's a, there's another one in place. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, there was there's one going on in Jersey City as well today, at the same time that the one up here was going on. Yep, uh, um, it was going on in City Hall today. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And uh, actually, uh, something I wanted it. to mention was um, the actually at the Jersey City one I saw a week ago that the JCPD did actually kneel in solidarity. But something interesting to mention is that. Um, it did take them a few minutes. It took a few minutes of just, you know, saying, you know, all right, kneel with us, kneel with us before one officer finally did. It definitely, you can see, you know, in their faces, they kind of seem like they're trying to put on that hard face and, you know, act like they're not going to, but then one of them finally does. Yeah, yeah. Well, they seem to be hesitating. And that's also, that also makes me wonder, you know, what, 
what's and in their I, contracts. To be honest, I, I'm not gonna lie. I I've seen videos all all over you know YouTube, Twitter saying you know showing pro, uh, police kneeling in solidarity with protesters, and that's good until you see you know videos an hour later of the same police department then tear gassing those very same protesters. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's. It, 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 to be honest, it, it doesn't seem very genuine a lot of the time, um, but obviously there are some, like, it, it's been it's been a mixed bag, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't know, you know, I, I saw that in, where was it? Um, I know oh. in Seattle that happened where, you know, the police kneeled in, in solidarity with them and then went and fucked them up, like, an hour later. What was it? Uh, what's that town I... In Michigan, um, the one that uh, uh, that had the issue with the with the water, um, I'm trying Flint? to Flint. I think Flint, uh, which uh, which I just want to mention, Flint yeah. still does not have clean water. Right. Um, that has not been fixed. Just wanted to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I I've noticed that uh, I think it was Flint. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw a video of uh, the sheriff of the town um coming to the protests with a megaphone and telling everybody you know we we're here for you we uh we we're here for you for this movement uh we're, we're going to protect you we're going to make sure that this protest goes smoothly and you know they got everybody together and the sheriff was like hugging people in the in the crowd and shaking hands and you know just continuously reassuring them that that uh they were going to be safe to protest um, which was, it was refreshing to see, you know, it was refreshing to see that, that side of things. It just, it, not saying that, you know, that's a look at, look, there's one cop being good here, but mm-hmm. more so of, uh, it, it shows that some change is occurring on a small scale, but at least it's occurring. And, you know, I'm hoping that more places could eventually be like that, like that police department, you know, cause that's what we yeah. need. Well, um, something yeah. that um, mm-hmm. that New Jersey has started floating around, and I I just want to say this real quick, and then I actually want to talk about South Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that Governor Murphy has said is that he plans on introducing police reform and introducing state licensing, which would be an interesting thing to see. Um, so apparently, so police officers need to earn a post uh, certification. It's a POST. It certifies them as a peace officer, essentially. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of police officers will do is that they have the option of completing the training you know six months after they uh join a particular police police department so what a lot of them do will do is they will move laterally between police departments like jumping from police department to police department mm-hmm. and not actually fulfilling that certification uh but yet they're still able to you know walk a beat they're still able to act as a police officer they're still able to arrest you they're still able to fucking shoot you um i i'm hesitant to see what Governor Murphy plans on doing, but I'm at least glad that there's been a, a, a response mm-hmm. to it. Well, you know, um, another thing that I was talking with Chase about on one of, on episode five, something I wanted to ask you about, although I don't know if you'd know, but I'd still like your opinion. Um, we were talking about the differences between cops up here and cops um, in the Midwest and the South and what their differences, if there are any, really are. Um, and, you know, Chase and I were talking about how cops up here are still aggressive, but they're not on the scale that Midwestern and Southern cops are. Um, In what way? So, for example, Chase, you know, is 
very white. Um, but even he and his friends who are also white have faced um, extreme aggression from certain officers, obviously not on the scale that, you know, somebody that's Hispanic or black or what have you would normally face. But, mm -hmm. you know, they've been, um, there's been cases of people being, you know, beaten. He's witnessed it. Um, aggressive arrests for, you know, basically uh, loitering, um, essentially. So, you know, it, but it seems that, and they're also, you know, way more racist. Uh, they will say shit to your face that's obviously discriminatory, and they don't care. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched, I saw yeah. a video earlier where mm -hmm. uh, a female officer, I can't remember the city, actually mm -hmm. just straight up called somebody the N-word. Like, just didn't get white a officer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It was, it was fucking disgusting. It mm -hmm. was, and, and here's the thing that mm -hmm. I don't understand. These things are caught on video, and they're broadcast across the world. Millions of people watch these videos, and yet nothing is done about it by the by the police departments. Because at the end of the day, these police unions actually have so much sway. And I'm not saying unions are a bad idea. I will mm -hmm. I will never say unions are a bad idea because they're not. However, the police unions do. Um, they, they, they just do some shady ass shit. I actually I've, I've been tweeting at at the New York uh, Police. A benevolent association for the last week essentially like just going at it in the threads and it's crazy the the kind of shit that the way that they'll take a situation and try to paint themselves in a positive light um you you saw this with the with the officer who was hit by a brick uh he was hit by a brick and that caused another officer to draw his weapon when and and they made it they made a big deal out of it in the media when Police officers are doing dr literal drive-bys with mace canisters, and they're just mm -hmm. straight up beating the shit out of protesters. But all of a sudden, a, a brick is like the end-all, be-all of it. Right. Yeah. And no. it's it's a it's a crazy double standard to see, where you know all of a sudden police uh, police unions will cry victim because of mm -hmm. these these actions, um, when they're the ones who are who are making it worse to begin with. You know, it, it, there's no need to respond to peaceful protest by trapping protesters in an area and tear gassing them. Have yeah. you seen that video? I think I have. Yeah, yeah. I saw. Oh, I also saw uh, the guy that got hit in the eye with a tear gas canister. Oh, and... was it the homeless man? Because here's the thing: yeah. I, I, when you mentioned that, the fact that multiple mm -hmm. instances of that coming up, mm -hmm. it, the fact that that's a thing, and and I can think of multiple different times that's happened is is crazy because mm -hmm. there was the homeless man who was doing absolutely nothing and he was hit with the tear gas canister and it's happened to multiple people there have been reporters who have been tear gassed and hit with pepper ball on live tv right no it's it's fucking horrendous i've I just i've been seeing the way that they've been handling the situation i mean again it, it doesn't not every city is facing the same issues but um if you look at it there are a good number there are a good number of uh, u.s cities that are just facing uh, horrendous uh, responses from their police departments. I mean, the guy that got hit in the eye with the tear gas canister lost his eye. He had to get it removed. Like, there was mm -hmm. no saving it. You know, they just b partially blinded a man. Um, and it was, I mean, it was, it, this whole situation, I mean, you saw the thing with the, what was it, the 76-year-old man? I forgot what state it was in. But, oh, it was in, uh, it was upstate New York, Buffalo. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was in Buffalo. Yeah, 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 that's right. It was in Buffalo. And, uh, and like 25, what was it? 25 officers in that unit just left. They resigned. 
Oh, it was, um, no. So what happened was mm -hmm. 57 officers of the Buffalo Police Department who are members of their emergency response team. This yeah. was a team that was uh, formed after the Ferguson uh, demonstrations. You know, you remember those a few years yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was formed in Buffalo uh, mm -hmm. after those demonstrations in order to basically, they were basically riot police for mm -hmm. all intents and purposes. Um, and so this, this team, 57 of them, they actually resigned from the emergency response team. They're still officers, uh, but they, they, they resigned from the riot control aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So they, they respond in solidarity with their, with their, uh, with their fellow, you know, shithead, two shitheads, sorry, that were actually charged recently. Um, I actually saw the mugshot for those two officers, and you want to know what stuck out to me? What? The fact that these two officers in their mugshot, they were allowed to clean up and get into suits for them. Oh my god, are you fucking serious? They did all, they went, so they, yeah. they, they allowed them to have that kind of uh, privilege. Yeah, they were charged with assault, and yet they were still allowed to clean up and dress up. And That's sweat, fucking know? stupid. No, you when don't the, get, they don't get benefits. They're also being arrested. They're also having their shocks taken. You have to face the same exact scrutiny that the people that you arrest are also facing. If it doesn't, it's not fair. That that's a complete, and it goes to show right there and then that there's a disbalance. That alone yep. shows you that there's a disbalance. Matthew um, Matthew mentioned something uh, that's very important, and it's that reporters are also being arrested for simply doing their job. Yeah. And habeas corpus was suspended in in New York. If you don't know what habeas corpus means, it means it's essentially your constitutional right uh, to a trial. So, you know, it's essentially you're, you're right in the legal system. Mm -hmm. So when habeas corpus was suspended, it was, it was also suspended during the Civil War uh, by President Lincoln. But obviously that was a completely different situation. Mm -hmm. But it was suspended in New, New York to essentially uh, ostensibly, meaning like, you know, on the outside, it was to protect, you know, basically to better manage looters um, amidst the coronavirus pandemic. But in actuality, it's being used to just arrest protesters and hold them mm -hmm. and with, without any kind of due process, without any kind of rights. And they won't even social, socially distance these people that they're arresting. They'll put them together and deny them the ability to That's call their lawyer. That's, you're dehumanizing these people by doing that. I mean, it's it, these are. These are tactics that you would expect to be used by some, you know, by like some the the I, I don't even know what the, the point. Oh, I I, I, know, I know exactly the way yeah. to tell it. Um, yeah, we spent the we spent the latter half of 2019 watching the Hong Kong protests play out, and now we're spending the what seems like it'll be the entirety of the rest of 2020 watching these same exact behaviors play out here. Mm -hmm. I the fact that the same exact flyers that were being made for Hong Kong protesters in order to protect them and give them good tips are being used in America is crazy. Mm -hmm. You would not think that this would happen here. And it's not just happening in, in the United States. It's actually happening across the world because there are, there are other protests and there are other marches in other cities. I know yeah, that in London, my, John Boyega was leading or was, yep, was uh, I was actually going to mention that, but my mm -hmm. cousin uh, who lives in London, mm -hmm. uh, she actually you have a cousin was who lives talking, in London. Holy shit. Anyhow, continue. <laughs> uh, she, so she was actually talking to uh, my uncle. I was actually, I was just talking to him before we started, uh, before we started recording. And so he, he was telling me that they were, they were held in the plaza where they were protesting for five hours without being allowed to use the bathroom, 
without being allowed to leave to go back home. And they were essentially told that they needed to stay there. If they wanted to, if they tried leaning on like one of the buildings to rest or to try to like sit down, they were told mm -hmm. to get up. They were told to, to stop doing that. Um, so it's not just something that we're seeing in the United States. We're seeing, you know, we're seeing a, a ridiculous police response across the world. Mm -hmm. I know that people are getting tear gassed in Germany, in Berlin, and people are getting tear gassed in London. Um, and it, 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 it just shows that this is not an issue just simply limited to the United States. However, no, I know it's not, it's not exclusively a domestic issue. Um, however, it, it's only in the United States that you see people just completely circle jerking over the fucking police. Yeah. Um, like not, I, I don't mean, I, I mean this in like a supportive way. Like mm -hmm. there, the, this is the only country where you see people, you know, oh man, the thin blue line with their little fucking Punisher uh, emblems on the back of their lifted trucks and shit like that. You know what's that. hilarious about that? Marvel actually released a response to the whole Punisher skull being used by uh, police departments and whatnot. They, uh, they made, they actually included it in one of their comics. Um, they had a scene or a little a panel where they showed cops talking to Frank Castle and they were like, hey, look, you know, we have this symbol. We use this symbol because you've taught us how to do things the right way. And then Frank has like this moment where he kind of breaks and he just talks to them and he says, um, he's like, you know, I am not what you're supposed to be. If you know, I'm not supposed to be your role model. I do this because I feel like I need to do this, but you're not supposed to follow my example. It doesn't he say? Um, doesn't he say if you want to look up to a hero, look up to Captain? America? Yeah, he says if you want to look up to a hero, look up to Captain America. That's who you should be idolizing. And then they well, kind of get like they're like, oh well, you know, I, you you did this already. You already set this president, so you should you shouldn't be telling us to uh, to stay away from it, from not idolizing you. And he's like, the second that you start being like me, I'm coming after you next. Is what he said. Well, it's it, it's true. I mean, the the whole character of the Punisher is was formed in response to the fact that the police weren't working. Um, right. They were actually yeah. going after the crime, and they were in fact becoming the criminals themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very crazy to see you know how the Punisher skull has become a symbol of like it's been basically bastardized is the yeah because you know the it. police are like look what he's doing it's like no no officer should be idolizing a guy who goes around just massacring people on the you know quote-unquote criminals on the street like frank is a mentally ill person like, that's well yeah. established in marvel he's not okay in the head you know nobody picks up a gun and goes out and just starts in in you know entrusting the law on their own shoulders Nobody would do that with the, that has a right sense of mind. And so when, you know, police, real in the real life, when police and, and military forces uh, or like the National Guard or whatnot start using that skull to represent themselves, it's not a good look. You're, it really is. It's, you're, putting, you're putting a mentally ill person's insignia on your arm. Like it doesn't, and it doesn't click in them. Like that, that's not you know the Punisher's not supposed to be an idolized character. He's interesting, <laughs> but he's not. He's yeah. not supposed to be this this fucking hero. He's never even called a hero. Um, he's called an anti-hero. Yeah, he's called literally an anti-hero. It's like the cops are not that. You know, that's not. You know, don't look. You know, any if anybody here is watching that might be an officer or somebody that was an officer at some point, or or just supports them or whatever the fuck. Don't use the fucking Punisher skull to to 
give yourself some kind of pride in your movement. It doesn't work. It makes you look stupid, and it makes it just makes you look exactly the way that we assume most police are: harmful, dangerous, and psychotic. <laughs> don't yeah. don't do it. So don't do it. Um, you know, and uh, going back to what's going on here um, in the U.S. In Cincinnati, I saw this video recently. There were the uh, these teen protesters that were um, arrested. They were they were asked to before they were arrested. They were asked to sit down on the sidewalk while they. Uh, I, I'm not sure what they were doing. Questioning them. I don't know why they had to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took the girl's bag, one of the girls' bag, and the kids were demanding, were continuously asking the po- the the, uh, the police officer to hand over the bag because the girl has is uh, diabetic and she needs her insulin. Mm-hmm. And they refused. They kept refusing. Um, they said there was uh, the guy. The, one of the officers was just kind of laughing at the the whole situation. Like he didn't see it as a big issue. He said, "Oh, I know what di- with diabetes. I know what it entails." Mm-hmm. And it's like clearly you don't because you're not getting this girl her insulin, and she's freaking out. You know, she's she seems like she's about to go into shock. Um, and yeah. refuse. And then they eventually she he eventually has them all arrested. And he tells her, "Oh, it'll be okay. We're gonna have you um, sent to this pl- to the uh, to the uh, what is it to the place where they process them. There's a medic there. He'll mm. take care of you." And then she had to wait on. They got her on a bus with other protesters. They had rounded up. She had to wait for three hours uh, before they even processed her. And when she got there, there was no medic at all. Wow. Um, well, that actually reminds me of something that is kind of close to to home for me. Um, yeah. So, uh, in 2004, mm-hmm. uh, my cousin, his name is Florencio Morales Jr. You can look him up. He was he was being held by the police, and um, he had just gotten into a fight with somebody. You know, he was being arrested, and he was having an asthma attack. He had asthma, mm-hmm. uh, and so he he was essentially trying to tell the officers that, you know, he needed his inhaler, he needed his inhaler. And um, they, he, the officer picked up his inhaler, you know, he was found a few feet away from where he was, mm-hmm. where they were holding him. And the officer didn't give him the inhaler, and he died. Like, and that was my cousin. Oh my um, God, you fucking... Oh. And that was, that was actually uh, Jersey City Police Department. Um... And do you want to know what the worst part of it was? Mm-hmm. So my great grandfather, um, who was the father of my cousin, um, he actually spent years trying to battle this in court, and nothing ever came of it. Uh, the officers in question did not receive training on how to deal with the situation wherein somebody was having respiratory failure, um, and there was never any. Nothing ever came of it. Well, you posted uh, this video how like hairstylists receive more training than than officers. Yeah, you know, it's they, true. They have they, to go they, through more rigorous training for a longer extended period of time than an officer does before they they get on the field. I mean, yeah, it's, it's true. Um, and if if officers had more training, um, or you know, if the fact that they just if the if those officers had just looked at my cousin on the floor and said. You know, oh, okay. This guy who's crying for his fucking inhaler. Maybe he needs this inhaler that's in my in my hands right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know I should give it to well, him. You know, I don't think you even need to be trained for that. That's just common sense at that point. I mean, you know, this person's suffocating. It's not like you don't know what a fucking inhaler is. I mean, don't act that stupid. 
you know, and then, you know, it's, it's simply just give it to them. They know how to use it. It's clearly not something dangerous. I mean, what, what is in question here? Why can't they just comply? What, what's the outcome? Do you want to know why? Well, what was their justification for this? Well, there wasn't any justification. Mm -hmm. Uh, In my opinion, it was because my cousin was a Hispanic man Mm -hmm. who they had just arrested. They never gave like a statement trying to quote unquote justify their actions. I'm not saying uh, it was their, their their statement was that they mm. they believed that he was on drugs. What the fuck? Are they serious? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. That's hard. no. Ha- what? Oh, dude. I'm sorry that that happened. I never even knew about that. That's no. That's the thing is that the reason that these things aren't really mentioned too much is because at the end of the day they a lot of people feel like there is no recourse for it mm-hmm. there's no way to essentially get any kind of justice for it and that's what a big part of this movement is about mm-hmm. and that's why at least i it personally hits home to me um you know i i i've seen it happen to my own family um you know my family may not be black but they were still brutalized by the police as well mm-hmm. so it, it's still it's been you know, my 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 great grandfather spent a lot of money trying to bring those people to justice, and they never worked. I feel like I've also experienced a sense of privilege, of white privilege, when it comes to officers, because I've I've had many encounters with them, and I've basically always walked away scot free. You know, I never have to mention that I'm Hispanic. I don't look it, um, so there's no way that they really know. Um, and even recently, I don't know if you know about the trip that I took down to the south with uh, Chase and Patrick recently in the Mm -hmm. van. But when we were coming back, we went the long route. And at one point we're in Ohio, uh, ironically enough, we're uh, 15 miles south of uh, Cleveland when Mm -hmm. our van breaks down. Our van breaks down um, and Chase, basically the engine's completely off at this point. So we're just using the inertia and momentum that we already had to pull off on the ramp. Yeah. Uh, So we... We were just going 60, and we kept that. Um, and then we pulled off the ramp, and then the car slowly came to a stop as we pulled to the side of the road. And immediately, it was raining pretty hard, and immediately a cop comes out or pulls up behind us, um, an officer. He's a white officer. Um, he comes out, or he's, he parks up behind us. He's on the dispatch microphone, and I, I walk up to him. I, I just walk up to him. Yeah and literally like do this with my arms like I, I put my arms rest them on his windows I was a little stoned not gonna lie I didn't really realize what was uh with the intensity of, of what I was doing I like yeah. nonchalantly just placed my arms on his window and talked to him and told him what the issue was I'm almost certain if uh if it was someone who was black that tried to attempt to even get close to to the car that reaction would have been different Oh, uh, but you know, I went up to him. I was like, "Hey, this is what's going on." You know, we had just smoked pot in there. Uh, I, Patrick and Chase didn't even realize there was an officer behind us when I was talking to him yet. Really? So I, I went up to Patrick. I'm like, "Hey, there's an officer," and immediately Patrick's eyes whitened and he grabbed the nearest Febreze that he could find, and he just started spraying the <laughs> shit out of the van. And uh, and I uh, I led the officer back to the car and he inspected it to see if he could find out what the problem was. He saw that we were leaking oil and then, uh, he called a tow service for us to bring it to a, a firestone. Uh, this is in a town called Medina, Ohio, by the way. Um, he was super courteous to us. 
Um, you know, the again, me and Chase are white. Patrick is the only brown person <laughs> in our in our trio. So, you know, but he didn't Patrick didn't even face any scrutiny. The officer was social with him. Um, and then he even offered us he offered us a ride to the Firestone so that we could follow up on the van. And then he offered us a ride to the motel, to any motel that we had selected. Yeah. And, you know, he thanked us. He sent us on our way, you know, or we thanked him rather. And he, you know, he said it was a wonder, it was wonderful meeting you guys. And he gave us his, uh, his card as well. If we ever needed to call him again for anything, um, you know, and it was a nice experience, but, and he also talked about this whole, we actually briefly spoke about it when we were in the cruiser with him about police brutality and whatnot. Well, he brought it up himself. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, uh, he's like, hey, guys, you know, I don't want you guys to think I'm just doing this favor for you because, you know, uh, because of privilege or whatnot. You know, I just I feel like we, you know, all officers obviously get a bad rap because of the select few that act like jackasses, you know. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really question him on it because I didn't want to get into a controversial discussion with an officer that was doing us a favor. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I... I couldn't, I felt like he was being sincere, but I didn't, I couldn't tell, you know, it's hard to really tell sometimes with these, with, with any officer for that matter. Um, but he did talk about it, you know, he's like, I, you know, I was, a, am ai was, I was in the military, you know, I, I, uh, I was, I, uh, was born and I think raised in South Carolina and I joined the military there and I did my, my service and I came here and I became an officer and he's like, I, I just, I don't believe in the, the things that most of these most of the police officers decide to do their their tactics the way that they are i don't agree with most of that and it's a shame because you know that that representation is thrust on me but that's what he said again i didn't uh but i just kind of nodded my head and that was it <laughs> i well, didn't something i, I do want to point out there yeah, is that yeah. when the, when you started that you mentioned that it was mm-hmm. um it was a show of white privilege and it's true yeah. my I, I was mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with my uncle who's mm-hmm. black, um, mm-hmm. very noticeably so, um, and he was talking about how when he was just going up to a police car, because uh, he's a truck driver, so mm-hmm. he was going up to a police car to ask for directions because he was didn't know where where to go, mm-hmm. uh, and he kind of had like his hand by his side, you know, walking normally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one hand uh, kind of near his pocket. And the officer actually, um, you know, he could see the officer literally like re- put his hand on his holster in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to point out the dichotomy of your experience versus my uncle's experience, because at the end of the day, it is it, it, I, I don't want to speak for that officer because I obviously don't know the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like he was doing it out of the kindness of his heart. Mm-hmm. But still is a symptom of white privilege because you know i know i know if you're hispanic joe i know it right uh, but most people don't know, looking at me. yeah <laughs> yeah um mm-hmm. and so it it does mm-hmm. it does still happen and something about white privilege that you know mm-hmm. for some reason when you when you bring up white privilege some a lot of people get uncomfortable mm-hmm. because it they think that they haven't earned, you know, what they've earned on their own merits because, you know, oh, you're just chalking it all up to white privilege. That isn't what white privilege is. White privilege is the fact that you can go up to a police car without fear and for your life. White privilege is, you know, having the option to stay silent during times like this. 
white privilege is being able to say, oh man, it's not my, it's not my battle. You know, I, it's not my place to say anything. Uh, it, it, it doesn't just stem from, oh man, I, uh, you see a lot of people saying I had it tough. Where was my white privilege then? Right. And they, they neglect to see the fact that white privilege isn't just your financial status. Right. No, I think a lot of people feel ashamed to to be rec- to even recognize that they have it. But you know, I do. I I'm not ashamed to to say that I that I have that um, that I do have white privilege. You know that I can I, every encounter that I've had with an officer is you know barely memorable, with the exception of the one in Ohio, uh, because I've always walked away with no issues from them. You know, and again, it's because of the way that I look. I'm I'm almost positive about that, and also the people I've been with you know, are usually also white. Um, you know, the officers don't know I'm Hispanic. They don't, if they have prejudices, they have no way to, uh, they have no obvious physicality to, to shame me for that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't know, how, have you had any experiences with officers? Because I know you're, you look white, but you are yeah. half black and you're half Hispanic for those that don't know. Yeah. And uh, my, my mom was very light. Mm-hmm. Um I have, to be honest, I haven't had many experiences with the police, uh, mm-hmm. thankfully. I And I say thankfully simply because I, when I when I see a police car, I do not feel like immediately safe. I do not feel safe. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that this is a common thing that people feel in America where, you know, they see police officers and they don't feel at ease. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, have you ever been driving and, you know, you see a police car behind you and even though you, you've done nothing wrong, you still feel scared. Um, and that shouldn't be the feeling, the inherent feeling you, you get when you see yeah. an officer. And so. growing up in, in low income mm-hmm. kind of deal, um, it's crazy to see that people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, from where I, where I grew up and the, the people I grew up around, you know, you, you, you be, if you said you were going to become a police officer, then you, you, it was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Because everybody around that area always had negative experiences with the police. The police were always the enemy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that stems from the fact that they were treated differently. Because um, I grew up with my Puerto Rican side of the family, and they are Hispanic. They are very Hispanic. Um, so, so to see, you know, they, they, didn't, they definitely did not receive the same treatment that I would, because, you know, I was lighter than them. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy to see. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. You know, I um, you know, it's funny when I was in the eighth grade, I I, I wanted to be an officer. Um, I remember th- telling people that, and I'm also kind of having that like, what the fuck kind of reaction. Uh, like, why would you want to do that? I I just I always naively in my mind, I always had this naive thought of, oh, I could, I could be the the better one. You know, I could be the change. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm not gonna follow those examples because even as a kid, I was aware of you know just how bad the situation really was um because it's obvious you just look around and you and you see it um but you know i i always had the naive thought of just being the the difference in the in the force and i feel like a lot of people that join the force even now in modern times have that that uh that expectation but i think expectations never meet reality you know once they get in there it's uh they, I think people just realize that they can't, for whatever reason, whether it be to legal, for legal reasons or whatnot. Uh, they, it's almost like they're almost not allowed to be that, that uh, 
pristine version that they envisioned themselves to be or wanted to well, be. Well, yeah. and that and that goes back to the thin blue line. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw that in the video in from Buffalo. Mm-hmm. You see the when the when they when the man gets pushed over and he hits the floor. Mm-hmm. You see the officer in front. He starts to go to help him, and then the the other officer next to him kind of like pulls him away from mm-hmm. from helping the old, the old man. In fact, if you go back to the video, you don't even see anybody help him until the national guard that's behind the officers go to help him. Mm-hmm. Everybody, all the other officers keep walking, and you know they they kind of brush forward. Uh, and it the best way to describe it, and the the way I've always heard it described, is that the police department are the biggest gang in the United States. Um, yeah. If you if you speak out against them, then you know in in you're in that and you're in the police department, you're ostracized. Uh, it, it's when you have a culture that breeds, you know, that, that mentality of it's either us or them. And you, you devolve down to tribalism that is inherent in in people. Mm-hmm. People are tribalistic by nature. You know, it's uh, funny about you mentioning that my uncle and I literally had this exact same conversation about how people are tribalistic by nature. But anyhow, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but keep going to what you're saying. Um, people are tribalistic mm-hmm. by nature, and so when mm-hmm. it, they breed that culture of us versus them, you see, you do see, you know, officers who may go into the police force and tending to be that person, intending to make that change and and be the the cop that they want to be. Mm-hmm. And you, oh, but you then see those same officers have that broken out of them, have that, you know, taken out of them by the officers who already exist, and. By remaining silent about these injustices, they in turn become those officers themselves, because mm-hmm. it's normalized. Right, and I think that's the main issue: is that this behavior is normalized amongst everybody. I mean, and I think officers that go in with good intentions are just kind of made fun of by their peers. You know, they're just kind of forced into a position where it's like, oh, don't don't think about that. Don't think about being the better man. You know, just do your job, meet your quota. You know, I feel like those those people are just immediately, like you said, ostracized for for being the, for trying to be better um, yeah, by their and, peers. And you want to know what's interesting is that mm-hmm. those fifty seven police officers in Buffalo who resigned the emergency response team in mm-hmm. response to that to those two officers being charged for assault. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they, one of the reasons that they cited was that they said that those two officers were just following their orders. Um, I that that is in no way an excuse. No, you don't hit an old an elderly man and then say you're just following your orders. Well, let me let me continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they were saying that they were just following orders, and the 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 Nazis in Nuremberg used that same exact excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that these police officers are Nazis, although you know they do bear some resemblance to the to the fascist ideology and that the, the 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 Nazis did espouse. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said. These officers say that, oh, okay, they're just following orders. In the military, uh, from what I've been told, you're taught that you that is never an excuse. Um, you're never just told, oh, okay, I was just following orders. That's never an excuse. You're supposed to know right from wrong. You're supposed to know lawful from unlawful, and you're supposed to follow that according to the law. Even if your superior orders you to do something illegal, you say no. You refuse to follow that illegal order. And... It's something that you don't see in the police at all. Um, that's why it, it's crazy. That's why it's astounding when you see a video of a police officer actually intervening uh, when excessive force is going on. That I, I saw a video uh, 
earlier today where you know a, a black woman who's a police woman um she actually w basically went off on this one white officer uh who pushed a, a a protester who was kneeling down had her hands up in the air and this poli this policeman like pushed her onto the ground and this policewoman went off on him and it was probably one of the most it, it was kind of it was a very cathartic experience to see that but the fact that was she like his commanding all, officer or she's just another, no, no 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 um it was it was very cathartic to see because mm -hmm. the fact that it, it's 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 something that doesn't happen it's something that you don't really see mm -hmm. and that's the issue that's the issue in dallas they just they're actually working on uh an order to where if an officer sees something excessive force they're supposed to intervene they have to intervene and that is something that we need in this country. That's something that we need world. That's something we need worldwide. I don't understand how that isn't something that's already been implemented. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it just seems. I just have to honestly say that it's not just even in this country. I mean, if you look outside of this country at the police forces of other nations, I mean, they're also corrupt or broken or just not not ideal or effective at all. Um, you know, when I visited Ecuador. You could bribe the police. It's normal there. We we did it. We actually did it. Um, when we were driving down the uh, the highway, we were on this place. We were driving out of Guayaquil, which is the the main coast coastal city of uh, New York, the main port city, just basically one of the largest cities in in there besides Quito. Um, and we were driving from there to Salinas, which is a coastal city, uh, very modern in Ecuador. And we were getting close to a toll booth. And as we drove up, one of these officers, uh, he came up uh, in front of the car. He stopped it, and then he let all the cars behind us keep moving. He had no reason to stop us. We weren't doing anything illegal. And then mm. we lower the window down, and he's talking to our friend who's driving us and my mom, uh, who's in the passenger seat. I'm in the back seat. And, uh, and you know, he's like, uh, he doesn't really have like any kind of excuse i actually it was so forgettable that i forgot what he actually said and then eventually he sees me in the back seat he notices i'm not wearing a seatbelt, and I, I don't know you know even though by law here it's uh, it says that everybody even including in the back seats have to wear seat belts most mm -hmm. people that sit in the back seat don't usually wear a seatbelt. just it, and nobody really gets shit for that around here right but so i was used to that i was i didn't wear a seatbelt in the back seat because I was sitting there and then he saw that I wasn't wearing one and then he made the claim that I stopped you because he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. There's no way he could see me from his position when he yeah. when he slowed down the car. And he went uh, he's like he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And uh and then eventually, you know, my our, my mom's friend just kind of like tried to say that it was uh she's like, "Please, you know, I'm a I'm a God-fearing woman. <laughs> Don't <laughs> don't don't do anything you know and then my mom was like offering him money and he was about to take it before he wrote the ticket uh, he was writing the ticket and then i just lowered my window and i said sir with all due respect you know i'm an american where i'm from in the united states it's not cust it's not customary to wear a seatbelt in the back seat uh it's it's optional it's not mandatory like it is here so yeah. my apologies for my ignorance and he kind of heard me say that and uh immediately he's like okay well you're since you're visiting uh, I guess I could give you guys a pass, but regardless, my mom still gave him like five bucks just to you know put everything at ease. So like as if it never happened, and uh, and that's just one that's just one example that I I saw personally, but these things are going on through Ecuador entirely, or just countries like this. You know, you could bribe the police no problem.
it's not it's not seen as a major issue which in of itself is an issue yeah um but you know i also had uh, not direct family but somebody that is uh somebody a relative of uh, someone that married into our family um was once uh he was a kid i think this is in 2000 or something um he was in Guayaquil and he was playing with uh he was like kind of like fucking around one of the security guards one of the officers present because the officers are security guards as well there and uh and they uh and he was like just fucking around with him and then as a joke he pulls out he grabs the revolver in the cop's holster because the holsters are on the uh on the uh armored vests on yeah. the chest yeah so he pulls the the revolver out and as a joke He's like, look at this gun. Like, you haven't maintained this gun at all. It's all rusty. And the officer, instead of, like, trying to get the gun back, like, you shouldn't be doing that, just kind of, like, went along with it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, this gun is, like, look, it's rusty. This gun doesn't work. If you were to try and use this, you'd immediately, like, you'd, you'd die in a line of fire. And the cop's like, hey, maybe you should give that back to me. I can assure you that it works. I cleaned it today. And the kid's like, no, it doesn't. Watch this. And he pointed the barrel underneath his chin, and he pulled the trigger. And, and uh, the gun went off. And it killed him, obviously. Uh, and the officer did uh, was barely penalized for that entire situation. Um, they they put it down to they basically uh, what was it? They they I think stated that it was like uh, f- fault of the other party that the officer had no accountability for that situation. Um, and this is in a country outside of the United States, you know. Uh, I'm not saying that the that our that the relative that did this obviously you know he was a kid, but uh, obviously I'm saying you know it, does, it doesn't excuse that obviously he did something wrong, but that officer also didn't act to try and stop it. Mm-hmm. You know he could have done something to stop it and he didn't. Um, it, it just exists worldwide. It's is really my point here. Um, and it does exist worldwide. That's mm-hmm. why you see protests worldwide. Yeah. Uh, actually, something I wanted to bring up. I just mm-hmm. found this out mm-hmm. um apparently sarah this there's a woman called sarah grossman uh she just graduated from ohio state mm-hmm. and she actually just died today um after being sprayed with tear gas at a protest in columbus ohio really i didn't even know tear gas was lethal oh, like that no either. it is you don't know that no i didn't um, i'm sorry she, she for died, my ignorance she, she died of respiratory failure that's why tear gas isn't legal to use in war uh. So then, why do we use it domestically? That that because, seems ridiculous. Because, because the police don't give a fuck. That's like us ignoring the Geneva Convention, being like, "Well, you know, mustard gas is not good to have on the field, but you know, if people get angry in New York City, let her rip." Like, no, that that that's ridiculous. If if we don't use tear gas in war, then we shouldn't be using it domestically. There's no reason to use it on our own citizens if we're we're not using it on an enemy, quote unquote. You know, it just that that's ridiculous to me. Um, yeah. Um, see, see, I didn't know that. I really, I genuinely didn't know tear gas was was that lethal. Um, oh no, it can. It can cause yeah. a respiratory failure. Mm. Uh, that being said, um, something else I wanted to bring up was the fact that in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, pr- police officers actually faked kneeling to draw protesters closer just so they could fucking tear gas them. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, there's a video. They baited them. Yeah. That's home too. In the video, in the video, you can hear them going, "Oh, they're kneeling, they're kneeling," and they start cheering, and then you see the fucking tear gas canister get shot at them. Right after. Jesus. 
That's a that no 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 no. That that's fucked. No, the, why? Why? If you got the protesters to 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 stand with you in solidarity, why the fuck would you do that? You they're not. Well, if no, no, they're, no, no, no. The so, point was the point yeah. was to trick the protesters to get them closer. No, so I agree with that. But my point is there was no need to trick them if they were already standing with you in solidarity. The second that they did that, that just meant that they were going to be nonviolent. If they, if I, don't, they were, I, don't, I don't understand what you mean by standing in solidarity. There. Well, no, no, I mean like the fact that the officers were kneeling with them, right? And the protesters, the protesters started cheering, right? So yeah. in that regard, what I'm trying to say is that. The second that that happens, the second that the protesters start cheering for them, that immediately, that should be a sign of the fact that they, these protesters are not going to act out violently towards the officers. The mm -hmm. fact that they didn't, you know, they didn't enact any kind of violence towards them. So the fact that they baited them just seems ridiculous. It seems counterproductive to me because they were already showing that they weren't going to do anything violent. So why, okay. why do that to them? Okay. Okay, yeah. hold on. I'm going to cut you off there. All right. Yeah. Um, the, mm -hmm. They're not being counterproductive because their entire fucking point was to gas the protesters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think your wording was kind of fucked there, to be honest. Yeah, probably. But, um, mm -hmm. And man, I wasn't giving the I wasn't giving the cops any kind of uh, what, what do I call it? I wasn't giving them a compliment. What I was trying to say is that it just seems stupid that this that they did that at all given the fact that once the the protesters show not to be nonviolent then you shouldn't even be firing canisters at them if they're if they prove to just be you know peaceful protesters from the get-go mm -hmm. then you shouldn't be using any kind of violent method to take them out quote unquote um i say quote unquote a lot i apologize for that but you know i just i don't think that uh it, it's just there's no human decency when it comes to that, you should be thinking about how to avoid causing any harm to these individuals rather than just baiting them to do just that. Um, I mean, that's, that's just my, that's what I mean, but you know, no, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, mm -hmm. I, I think we, we, we've been streaming Damn, We've gone on for the last 74 minutes. Holy hell. Yeah. We have an hour and 14 minutes going. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just nationwide. There's a there's a movement going on, um, you know, and I just feel that we've there's it, the the kind of justice that we're demanding is long overdue. You know, the Thirteenth Amendment was passed in 1865, and then a hundred year later, a hundred years later, in the 1960s, where there's still uh, racism and segregation in the country. And then, you know, after the 60s, fast forward to modern day, it's still prevalent. It still exists. Segregation might be over, but racism is still very much prevalent. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's buried very deeply within our institution. And, and I, I, I don't want to cut you off there, but yeah. segregation still exists. Mm -hmm. um, segregation just isn't called segregation anymore. It's called gentrification. It's well, called... Yeah, uh, right. It's not only called gentrification. It's it's basically you're seeing what I can only describe as segregation by economics, um, where you you see you know low income neighborhoods tend to be primarily composed of minorities. Um, I know I saw this personally. I, I 
I spent time in a low income neighborhood. I spent time in a, you know, public housing. Um, and most of the people there were minorities. Um, and most of the people there end up staying there. And they're not really, uh, they're not really given the opportunity to advance themselves economically to the point where they can move out of those neighborhoods. Um, and so you'll see the, the, it becomes essentially entrenched in this cycle of, okay, I lived in public housing, my mom lived in public housing, and I don't feel like I can get out of public housing. Um, and you repeat that cycle. So that's the kind of segregation that we see today. Um, segregation, like you said, the civil rights movement never ended. It's still continuing today. And what they, what they were fighting for back then, we're still fighting for today. Right. Um, I think it's being, ridiculous that, you know, people also say like, oh, you know, why, why can't the protests be more peaceful like Martin Luther King? It's like, you, you know, he was assassinated, right? You or, know what those <laughs> protesters were, were, they had fire hoses turned on them, right? Right, right, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's ridiculous that people try to make these comparisons. The same, the same exact people who say that are the same exact people who got upset when, when Kaepernick kneeled. They're the mm -hmm. same exact people who got upset when people protested because of Trayvon Martin. They're the same exact people who got upset when Obama was elected. You want to know why, Joseph? Because those people, <laughs> those people are racist. Yeah. And they'll find any excuse. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do as, you know, allies um, is to call that out. And to be actively anti-racist, you can't just be, you know, passively anti-racist. You need to actually say it. When your uncle makes that racist joke at at, at the barbecue, call him out on it. Mm -hmm. If he, you know, I I know that I personally, um, I had somebody in a group chat actually do the whole, you know, when the looting starts, the sh when the, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, and I straight up called him out on his fucking racist bullshit because mm -hmm. you want to know why? Because I've known this guy. And this guy has, he's one of those guys that, you know, when somebody he's interested in, like a girl he's interested in, um, hooks up with somebody who's black, he all of a sudden does a complete 180 on them. And it's just like, oh man, you know, nah, fuck that girl. Like she's a, she's a slut. He call, like those people are racist and mm -hmm. it's our duty to call them out on it. And I'm glad that I did. And I'm glad that I cut ties with him because at the end of the day, he was a piece of shit for doing that mm -hmm. and for thinking like that um and they'll say oh man but i'm not racist it they are you know bringing that into into conversation as well i was i was talking with chase about this uh, at one point and we were kind of talking about you know racism is everywhere but where is it more prevalent throughout the country you know what part, what cultures have been more uh, infused with this with with racist antics and um and, you know, we were talking, I was, I immediately went like, oh, you know, the South and the Midwest uh, are obviously raised in a more, uh, in this kind of prejudice background. Like immediately they have these kinds of prejudices. And immediately Chase kind of went and said that this area, the, the, the these kind of, uh, the New York, New Jersey, just the tri-state areas, actually, the people here seem to be more racist without really realizing that they are. Um, and, what, and what he meant by that was, you know, like, if you look at, if you go down to like Texas, for example, if someone says something uh, racist about a Hispanic, they don't usually care where that Hispanic came from. It's just a, to them, it's just a Hispanic or a Mexican, right? That's what they'll refer to them as. That's still they're, racist. Though. Right, exactly. It's racist. But well, my point is that they, they just, they're just like, oh, that's just a Hispanic. But you come up here and 
his point was you see Hispanics kind of making fun of other Hispanic groups. Like, you know, over here in Union City, a lot of there's a big uh, Dominican population over here in Union City. And you see a lot of people making fun of them, especially for the way that they speak Spanish. The dialects are not, it's not really a dialect, but the, the accents are very different. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, people people just joke about it. Like, it's not inherently like, oh, look, fuck you. You you talk weird, but they make jokes about it. And, uh, you know, like, there are people here making fun of, uh, there are Hispanics making fun of other cultures. You know, you see Ecuadorians and Peruvians making fun of each other. Um, you see, you know, uh, Argentinians and, and uh, Chileans or uh, different, just different countries, you know, just kind of being hostile towards each other i don't know if hostility is... nice. right right so you know chase is saying like you know there's more racism up here um than there than there is down there because down there even though it's racist uh, there is racism and obviously you know it's just they're just generalizing all hispanic groups up here our own hispanic groups are kind of making fun of each other and you know making fun of the different because they came from a different country uh they're they're funny to point and laugh at and I've seen that, and I agree with that. There's a lot of that up here. But I, I don't really know if... I think they're both just terrible. I don't really know if one is worse than the other. Um, and I don't know if that if which one really speaks to the prevalency of racism in one area. Well, uh, I will say this, though. Um, I, I have not heard of um, uh, an Ecuadorian shooting... A Dominican because he was Dominican. Right, that but doesn't I happen. Heard of a white man shooting a black man because he was black. Right, no, and that's what I was. That's another point that I was saying to him was like, you know, the the antics that go up here, even though they you could definitely say that they're racist, they're usually formed in jokes. You know, they're usually said in a in a humorous way. I'm not saying that they inherently are funny, but people usually say them with the intention of being funny. You know, um, but they never actually go out and do anything harmful to anyone it's just kind of like passive aggressiveness but if you yeah. go down to other areas you know you go down like let's say texas you know a white cop will or just not it doesn't even have to be a white cop we saw what happened in in uh, in georgia where the jogger was you know the kid was killed for um was it a, a mood aubrey he was killed for uh for you know by somebody who wasn't even a cop it was just an act of vigilantism um no wait, hold on it it was not vigilantism at all. It was straight up fucking murder because he was black. No, but that's my point. Vigilantism is murder. It's not legal for a reason. It's still I know. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I understand that, but don't dignify the, yeah. those people with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I just don't look at the word vigilante as a positive thing from the get go. You know, it's uh, it, Joe Rogan was actually talking about this. He he also called it, I think, vigilantism. Um, just because it it at the end of the day, that's what they were attempting to do, but. Regardless, it's no. murder. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I really have to disagree with you there, and I think that Joe Rogan is uh, not mm -hmm. the person to go to on a lot of beliefs. To be mm -hmm. honest, um, mm -hmm. it was it was three people, three yeah. white men, mm -hmm. loading up in a truck to go shoot a black man. That's mm -hmm. what it was. It was not any kind of vigilantism. It was a straight up hate crime. Mm -hmm. Um don't like you know joseph i understand where you go where you're, where you're trying to go for it like where you're trying to go with it but i wholeheartedly disagree with the way that you're phrasing it mm -hmm. uh, because these people these three fuckheads literally shot a man for being black 
a man who is simply going for a jog. Yeah, he didn't do anything wrong. He's just literally running through the neighborhood. And I don't think the only, I, what what was there what was it that they said that they they had him on they, was it burglary they, or something? They like said that? they said that they thought he was breaking into a site, a site that first off um, mm-hmm. a lot of people walk through, mm-hmm. uh, and second that the owner of the site knew that the, that the man like Ahmad Aubrey was like, going to be there. Like he he knew that he he went through there, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. So, that's where I disagree with your with you calling it vigilantism because vigilantism implies that there was any kind of crime done to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think yeah. it implies that there was a crime to begin with. I think it's just somebody trying to enact to quote unquote take justice into their own hands. I'm not saying that's actually what they did or that was their actual in, excuse. In, it was a in, lie. In, it was I'm a hate saying, crime. I'm yeah. saying in order yeah. for someone to take mm-hmm. justice into their own hands, they have mm-hmm. to believe that there is an injustice to begin with. Right. No, and I agree with that, and clearly there wasn't, and it was just a hate crime. But, uh, you know, I just, I feel like that was the, the given the, the try, the kind of defense they tried to give, that was kind of their, their, uh, their quote, their excuse, supposedly. But, you know, if you look into the details, yeah, it was just a hate crime. There was no active, there was no real heroic aspect to it. I don't really know how they thought they'd get away with it either. Um, well, they did for like two whole months, didn't they? Because the yeah. video didn't get released until April or was it Ar- March? I don't remember. Because it happened in February. Yeah. 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 Um, and mm-hmm. if they hadn't taken that video, they probably would have gotten away with it. Yeah. And that's the problem. And it was one of the guys. It was the third guy, right? That that took the video, right? It was the. It was one of the people involved that that filmed the whole thing. Yep. Um, and I I think they released the video because the attorney thought it was a good idea. I think the attorney said that it would exonerate them. Uh, for whatever reason. So their attorney released the video, and that's why it's out there. Uh, obviously, you know, they didn't release it because if you've watched it, it's pretty incriminating. Yeah. Not pretty. It is incriminating. And uh, But for whatever reason, they, his their lawyers, their lawyer thought it was uh, it would be a great idea. It would it would uh, defend their uh, their clients. I don't know how, but, you know, well, what I will say though mm-hmm. is that there are still ways in order to help support the mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter movement. Um, something I'd like to talk about briefly mm-hmm. uh, before we should probably end the stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been going on for a bit here. Yeah. Um, so, some of the best ways to actively participate is to first speak with the people uh, that are, you know, you, you, you see. You see a lot of racist actions that you don't really think are racist, and a lot of people in their in the moment they think, "Oh, okay, well, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to rock the boat." Um, one of the best things you can do now, and it always has been, has been to rock the boat and to say, call that out, I'd be actively anti-racist. Um, not only that, but donate to bail funds that are bailing out protesters that have been illegally arrested. Um, also donations to the NAACP, the ACLU, as well as other funds, you know, support your black owned business businesses. Um, and remember that black lives do matter. And if you hear anybody say all lives matter, that first off, they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, all lives matter is a protest to a protest. What kind of, <laughs> what, what, what is that? Right. Um, all Lives Matter is essentially 
uh, a slogan that people who are racist or and internalizing that racism will try to use as a defense in order to not say Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's something that should be called out as such. So if you see somebody say All Lives Matter, kick them in the fucking teeth. Don't, like they they're they're full of shit. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, we also still have to talk to the people that disagree with us and try to convince them to be on our side. Because, you know, there are people that already agree with us. And, you know, there's no convincing to be done with those individuals. So people on the other side, the horrible people that we have to try and not try, but those are the people that have to change or be on a reform or, or at least be on our side. I'm not saying that people can't change or are going to stagnate and be the same, you know, the rest of their lives. But, uh, I'm not saying be nice to horrible people, but I think, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it does better sometimes to question why those people think the way that they do and try to get them on, at least try to get them to a, a be on your side or uh, change and, and, swap sides, I and, should say. And that is what I was mentioning mm -hmm. when I was talking about being actively anti-racist. You do need to challenge those people. Yeah. Um, challenge them to try to defend their shitty beliefs because those beliefs are shitty. Mm -hmm. And if they can find some kind of defense for them, well, you just point out exactly how well, they're not because there, there is no defense for that. Um, exactly. <laughs> so they're not going to find one. But I think it's, you know, it's like um, it's the same thing, you know, I guess not the same thing, but it's I can call it back to a political moment that I remember of, you know, when uh when the whole primaries are going on and Tulsi Gabbard got shit for going on like Fox News and all of that you know the reason she was doing that is because she's a democrat she doesn't have to convince a democrat um to be on uh to be on her side you know she doesn't have to convince somebody that's already on her party to agree with yeah. her but she's going on those networks because the conservatives are the people that don't agree with her those are the people she has to try and and sway. Um, so, you know, I think given any situation, the people that are against you are the people that you have to try and sway to be on your side. Because uh, then that's the way that you increase your numbers and support. And that's the way that change, I think, eventually happens as well. Problem is most people aren't very open to changing their minds. Most people are, you know, the most people are uh, pretty embedded in their beliefs and they're not going to budge no matter what. That's the unfortunate part. But doesn't mean that you shouldn't try um anyhow yeah i guess we'll just leave it with that i don't know if you want to give any extra thoughts laz before we close um, my extra thoughts would be to go out protest exercise your first amendment rights um to go out and donate to organizations that are actively trying to help um protesters in this time whether it be bail funds whether it be um organize organizers who are organizing protests um Fuck looters. Fuck looters. They completely discredit the movement. Um, and they're, the, to be honest, fuck looters. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I mm -hmm. think that it's a good note to end on would be um, that Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. until Black Lives Matter, all lives can't matter. Very well said. And uh, on, on that note as well. Um, everybody that's been tuning in and listening and watching, please remember, um, black lives do matter, period. Uh, if you can attend a protest, uh, if you can participate in any way in this movement, please do. Don't stay silent. Do everything that you can to push this movement forward and make sure that it's heard. Make sure that people understand that this is important. 
and this is history, and this is something that we need to to fight for. Um, you and know. remember, there's uh there's nothing more beautiful than a rock to a racist's face. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I guess we're gonna close it off there. Uh, we didn't really have as many jokes as we usually do, but this is a very serious topic that's kind of hard to interject comedy into. So it's uh, it's uh, it's been nice talking to you, man. Um, I like that you know we like got this. we got this much um, out of just the two of us because we're usually used to having you know like three to four mics on here. Yeah. But um, anyhow, man, it's been great. Everybody listening and tuning in, thank you for watching the live stream. If you tuned in live, for people listening to this on Spotify and uh, iTunes and Google Play, please remember to subscribe to the podcast on there so that you can get weekly updates whenever we do upload. See you guys later. And also, oh, wait. go ahead, Laz. And and also follow us on Instagram. We're at the Fifty Four Podcast. Um, and share share your thoughts. Share your thoughts about the podcast. Share share any criticisms you have. We we love to hear from people. Uh, to be honest, we're just getting started here, and um, it's it's definitely been great to hear feedback from the people who actually do listen. So right, and you know you so, could you could say anything. Uh, you could review us. You could post uh, any kind of feedback that you'd like on the comment section of YouTube, or you know you can send us DMs even through Instagram if you'd like to. Um, you know any anything helps. And please remember at the end of the day that. These are all our own, you know, opinions that we're discussing and talking about uh, when we're on this podcast. So um, just be aware that, you know, we're also starting off. Broadcast isn't exactly something that we've, you know, we exactly have been trained to do. So just be aware no of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just be aware of that, guys. Uh, anyhow, it's nice that we got to do this. So uh, I'll see all you guys later. Hasta luego. Peace.